inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. It has begun. Lent is officially started, kicked off for 2022. Praise be to God. It's going to be a great Lent. Hopefully and prayerfully, you are ready to go. Of course, uh, I'm sure many of you will go to uh, Mass. Praise be to God for that. Ash Wednesday. I've been told Ash Wednesday is the most attended Mass of the year, even above Christmas. So expect long lines at the confessional and in the parking lot. So offer that up too. Praise be to God. What a wonderful thing to see souls come back to Mass. Maybe, just maybe, plant a seed to say, hey, hopefully we'll see you on Sunday too. Come back the Sunday after that as well. I mean, what an opportunity the Lord has given us this holy season of Lent to offer up our sacrifices in uh, their small gifts, but they're gifts nonetheless. Hey, listen, it's going to be a great show today. Leadership and accountability, or the lack thereof. You know, if you caught the State of the Union last night, you know what was not mentioned in the State of the Union? Hmm. Well, the trillions of dollars in spending. Yes, there was that. That's true. China? Yes, not mentioned. China was not mentioned. Neither was the Afghan withdrawal. Hmm. Big oversight there. It was kind of a big deal, right? 13 Marines died, let alone the civilian casualties in the process. All the refugees and the rest, and not one mention in the State of the Union. That's interesting. Fund the police, praise be to God. Uh, Russia, the economy, of course, was mentioned. But Biden also seemed to uh, soften a bit on the COVID rhetoric. You might recall how back in December he said there would be a winter of severe illness and death. (laughs) He didn't quite say it like that, but it was something like that. And now I guess things are back and moving in the right direction and going normal. So a lot's changed. Uh, but we may be talking about a lot of that today, too. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. You caught the State of the Union. I did. I caught maybe 30 minutes of it, and then I said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Penance starts tomorrow, not tonight. I, I cannot do it any longer. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of rough. Oh, there was the one time he called the Ukrainians the Iranians. Also, I don't understand this all this applause it's like yeah. every 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 sentence clap 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 yeah. oh my goodness a- every every president it's the same thing I it's know. like it kind of you kind of wish you would say hey listen hold all the applause to the very end but you know what was weird mm-hmm. pelosi stands up and yeah. like ripped a, the speech nap a ghoul oh, just no, kind of rubs her hands as the president's talking about people uh, inhaling toxic air you know, at a, a <laughs> toxic waste dumps. It's bizarre. very weird. Like, why are you clapping for that? Yeah. <laughs> very bizarre. So uh, we may cover some of that, but we're hoping that L- Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Shella will join us at 15 past the hour. He is so far, as far as I know, the only person to be held accountable to uh, uh, for the Afghan withdrawal. And we'd be curious to get his opinion on the State of the Union and the lacking of any reference whatsoever to Afghanistan. He's got a great video out that he put out three weeks ago ago that is going through the investigation that they did post-Afghan withdrawal to see how did this thing go so badly 
and that's on his YouTube channel, and uh, we'll link to that. But we're hoping to speak to him at 15 past the hour, so we'll see. Colonel Matt Dooley rejoins the program today at 35 past the hour. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel from, uh, retired from the Army. We're going to talk about the Russia-Ukraine story again, but this time from a military and strategy standpoint. And here's one of the big questions. Have war crimes been committed? We're going to ask that question to Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley. So a lot to jump into today. And uh, speaking of jumping into things, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. In spite uh, of it all? Despite the fact that... Uh, we are beginning the the Ash Wednesday penances, so praise be to God. I'm excited for that. Amen. And uh, oh, and just something I noticed over the uh, on the on the Twitterverse is uh, a lot of people saying, you know, oh, this year don't just give up chocolate. You should be giving up gossip and things like that. And I'm like, uh, well, if gossip's a sin, and you should probably be giving up that anyway. A penance is something additional. So yes, give up your sin, but that's not a penance. That's just part of the Christian life. You got to give that up anyway. Uh, so yeah. just a 411 on uh, a on so the Lent, Linton wow. things. Well, I haven't heard 411 in a long time. I don't even you know, know what that means. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, good news, praise be to God, that we have every single day except one day covered for the 2022 CDT Linton campaign of prayer, fasting, and penance for peace in the world, blasphemers, and heretics. And uh, that day, the only open day left on the calendar is Sunday, April 10th. So if you could take a day, that day in particular, let me know. You can go to the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can see the link at the top where it says, uh, you know, CDT Lenten Campaign 2022. Click that. It'll take you to where you got to go. You can actually see the calendar with everybody's names on them. Praise be to God. Thank you all for joining us. You can see why we're doing this, what we're doing, and how it all works, and even pick that day if you wish. Uh, so Sunday, April 10th is the last day that remains open and available for our campaign. I'm so excited and grateful to everybody who's joined us for this Lent in prayer, fasting, and penance. Speaking of which, we should jump into it. We have a lot to cover. And uh, for the season of Lent and for our campaign, I'm going to be praying the Golden Arrow Prayer. So please join me if you can. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, and these are your headlines. Washington Examiner reports Zelensky assassination plot averted, Ukraine says. An assassination plot against Ukraine's President Zelensky has been thwarted, according to Ukrainian officials. The assassins were said to be part of a militia called the Wagner Group, flown into Ukraine from Africa. Alexei Danilov, the Ukrainian Secretary of National Security and Defense Council, said they were well aware of the special operation led by an elite unit of Chechen special forces. And Breitbart reports Zelensky calls for flooding Ukraine with foreign, uh, foreign fighters to push back Russia. President Zelensky established a new wing of the armed forces on Monday called the International Legion of Territorial Defense of Ukraine. 
intended for foreign nationals who wish to fight in the country's war against Russia. Zelensky signed a decree creating the military wing on Monday and has lifted visa requirements for individuals who fit the requirements to join the forces. And LifeSite reports January 6th defendant takes his own life after prosecutors seek jail term for domestic terrorism. Matthew L. Perna, a Pennsylvania man prosecuted for his 20-minute walk through the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, took his own life last month due to a broken heart and a justice system that killed his spirit and zest for life, his family said. Dozens of defendants charged with alleged January 6 crimes have been held in jail for more than a year while awaiting trial. Inmates at the Central Detention Facility in D.C. have said they have been denied food, made to march around the jail carrying their mattresses, punched for singing the national anthem, and placed in solitary confinement for months. And The Blaze reports reluctant Russian troops are punching holes in their vehicle gas tanks to get out of fighting. Hampered by logistics problems, including lack of fuel and food, some Russian troops in Ukraine are reportedly surrendering en masse and have been sabotaging their own vehicles to get out of the conflict, a U.S. defense official said on Tuesday. The official indicated that a significant number of Russian troops are young recruits who have been poorly trained and were not prepared for the full-scale invasion ordered by Russian President Vladimir Putin. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Charles the Good. Charles was born in 1083 in Denmark, and one might say he was the Prince of Denmark, and was a son of King St. Kantun. After his father's murder, Charles' mother, Adela, took him to the court of Robert, the Count of Flanders, his maternal grandfather. After making a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, Charles was offered the crown of the Kingdom of Jerusalem, but he refused. When he grew up, he became a knight and accompanied Robert in a crusade to the Holy Land, where he distinguished himself. On their return, Charles also fought against the English with his uncle. On Robert's death, his son Baldwin succeeded him and designated Charles as the heir. At the same time, he arranged for Charles's marriage to the daughter of the Count of Clermont. Anyone know the daughter of the Count of Clermont? <laughs> During uh, Baldwin's rule, Charles was closely associated with him, and the people came to have a high regard for his wise and beneficent ways, as well as his personal holiness. When Baldwin died in 1119, Charles succeeded him as Count of Flanders. He made sure that time of truce was respected and fought against the black marketers who hoarded food and were waiting to sell it at astronomical prices to the people. Expelling all the Jews from Flanders in 1125, he was also loved for his care for the poor and economic policies, which protected the few rights of the lower classes and of the indentured servants. As a result of these policies, this encouraged the undying wrath of the member members of the powerful Arambald family, who ordered their knights to murder Charles as he knelt in prayer in the church of St. Donation in Bruges. Because of the nature of his death, Charles was immediately honored as a martyr, and his remains were enshrined in the cathedral in Bruges. Devotion to Blessed Charles the Good was confirmed in 1883. Blessed Charles the Good... Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 18. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. 
Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance, so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen. I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, Saint, uh, or Saint, <laughs> Saint Hadock. Maybe Hadock ought to be a saint. I don't know. His commentary is pretty awesome. But Hadock was uh, saying today, Wherefore, my dear brethren, if the taste only has caused us to offend God, let the taste only fast, and it will be enough. But if the other members have also sinned, let them also fast. Let the eye fast, if it has been the cause of sin to the soul. Let the ear fast, the tongue, the hand, and the soul itself. Let the eye fast from beholding objects, which are only calculated to excite curiosity and vanity, that being now humbled, it may be restrained to repentance, which before wandered in guilt." Let the ear fast from listening to idle stories and words that have no reference to salvation. Let the tongue fast from detraction and murmuring, from unprofitable and sacrilegious discourse. Sometimes also out of respect to holy silence from speaking what appears necessary and profitable. Let the hand also fast from useless works and from every action that is not commanded, but above all, let the soul fast from sin and the doing of its own will. Without these fa fasts, all others will not be accepted by the Lord. Wow. Praise be to God. That is pretty powerful. What an opportunity you and I have during the holy season of Lent to offer up small sacrifices. And yes, they're going to be hard at times, but persevere, have fortitude, keep going. Right? Praise be to God. Well, we want to thank verboom.com forward slash GRN for giving us the tools to dive deep into the Holy Scripture, into the gospel, and to bring you a reflection. We'll have more in the next hour for you as well. But verboom with a V, V E R B U M, verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you. We'll be right back. What's concerning us is coming up next. It's common for atheists who object to belief in God because it can't be proven false by empirical observation. But this objection fails because the principle it assumes, called the verification principle, is self-refuting. It states, a belief is true or false if and only if it can be verified or falsified by sense experience. Like the statement, it's snowing outside which can prove true or false by looking out the window. But this principle is problematic because the principle itself can't be proven true or false by sense experience. 
Where in the universe is the truth value of this belief to be found? Can we see it under a microscope? The absurdity of these questions reveal that the principle itself cannot be proven true or false by sense experience, and thus is self-refuting. For this reason, the objection fails. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley is going to be our guest again. We've had him on a few times. Great, great analyst. We want to talk about the Russia-Ukraine story from a slightly different perspective, from military strategy. also want to ask about the war crime situation. There are several reports of, of uh, war crimes. In fact, there's going to be an investigation one way or the other now uh, uh, about that, and we'd like to get his input on all of that. So that's coming up at 35 past the hour. Stick around if you can. But uh, there's several stories in the news that I want to cover. Uh, we were hoping to get Lieutenant Colonel uh, Stuart Scheller on. He is the Marine, the only person so far to be held accountable for the Afghan withdrawal. And it's quite shameful, actually. Uh, he criticized the command for their involvement and debacle in the whole situation. And as a result, he, he basically got, he got court-martialed. He was put in jail. He had to strike a deal in order to save what he could to get out uh, on good standing. And now his PayPal account's been frozen, too. So we're hoping to get him on at some point. Uh, hopefully that will happen. But you can also watch a video he put out on his YouTube channel about three weeks ago detailing the actual congressional investigation on the Afghan withdrawal and what went wrong, why it went wrong, and what could have been better. It's a very detailed explanation. You can find it on Stuart Scheller on YouTube. We'll probably link to it. But here's a story that I found very concerning, especially given last night's State of the Union address uh, by President Joe Biden, who, like I said at the beginning of the intro here, uh, back in December, was warning all of us of the great winter of death. And then now, last night, seemingly saying everything's moving in the right direction. It's We're going back to normal. Like, wow, that's a big, big, huge contrast. We're seeing mask mandates being scaled back. Even the CDC is scaling it back. Well, here's an article out of LifeSite News. The headline says, leaked memo urges Democrats to declare victory on COVID and run away from restrictions. Let me read a little of this, a bit of this to you. Uh, and you're going to have to just be patient. I gave up coffee for Lent, so it's going to be a bumpy ride for a few days. Here we go. Democrats' recent retreat from the restrictive COVID-19 policies that defined them for the first two years of the pandemic is largely a byproduct of popular backlash to those policies, suggests the revelation of a newly unearthed memo from a Democrat consulting firm. Punchbowl News published a memo dated February the 24th by Impact Research advising Democrats to, quote, take credit for ending the COVID crisis phase of the COVID war, point to important victories like 
vaccine distribution, and providing economic stability to Americans, and fully enter the rebuilding phase that comes after any war. Close quote. Economic stability. Huh. Like $5 plus a, a gallon of gas in California. Like that kind of economic stability, I guess. And like inflation at the grocery store. Other than that, I can see what you mean. The article goes on to say, quote, twice as many voters are now more concerned about COVID's effect on the economy, 49%, than about someone in their family or someone they know becoming infected with the coronavirus, 24%. Close quote, the memo reads, going on to say, quote, two-thirds of parents and 80% of teachers say the pandemic caused learning loss. And voters are overwhelmingly more worried about learning loss than kids getting COVID. Six in 10 Americans describe themselves as worn out by the pandemic. The more we talk about the threat of COVID and onerously restrict people's lives because of it, the more we turn them against us and show them we're out of touch with their daily realities. Close quote. Article goes on to say, quote, don't set COVID zero close quote, as the victory condition. Americans also don't think victory is COVID zero. The document continues. They think the virus is here to stay. And 83% say the pandemic will be over when it's a mild illness like the flu rather than COVID being completely gone. And 55% prefer the COVID uh, should be treated as an endemic disease. And that's what most Americans are dealing with, a disease with fatality rates like the flu, because most of us took the personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our families by getting vaccinated. Close quote, the memo states. Impact research calls on Democrats to, quote, recognize that the threat of COVID is no longer what it was even a year ago and therefore should not be treated as such, close quote which entails no longer supporting shutdowns, lockdowns, and mask mandates. It suggests citing the availability availability of COVID vaccines as the reason they are no longer necessary and that Democrats should be more broadly uh, claim credit for COVID being more manageable. Golly gee whiz, I, pff, nothing to do with the midterms coming up. I, pff, forget it. Not even, they're not related. Stop it. Don't even think it. You're not allowed to. Joe, it, stop being a conspiracy theorist. It's not at all possible. That this has anything to do with the midterm elections coming up, <laughs> which I think I saw a report this morning. I mean, the Republicans have a massive lead mm-hmm. in the polls going into the midterms, which is part of the reason why I think uh, Joe Biden not only softened last night on the COVID situation, going from winter of severe illness and death to, yeah, we're going back to normal and, uh, you know, scaling back the mask mandates, all of that. But also, look at the uh, the fund police comment that he got a lot of backlash for from the liberal side. Yeah, a lot of convenient statements there last night, for sure. So uh, we'll see how it all affects it. One of the questions in my mind is, are Americans, do we, uh, are we that fickle? Like, okay, so in, uh, in March, we can hear this statement being said, and then are we going to forget about everything that happened by June? And we're just going to like, as we get into uh, the fall and we begin to go to the polls again to, to vote, will we just forget about everything that happened because nice platitudes were made at a speech? I mean, I think it's going to rear its ugly head back up as soon as the, uh, you know, the, the voting 
voting comes to uh, to a, a near, or what, I don't know what I'm saying. As, as soon as we get closer to voting, I think something is going to pop up, yeah. preventing people from going out and and voting. So we'll see. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, time, right? We live in, and for sure, I'm glad to see that we're going back to normal. We've been asking for normal for a very long time, and some of us have lived more normal than others in America. And it's a tragedy that some states have held their their citizens uh, captive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you experienced that in California quite a bit. Yeah, in California, we had to adjust our lifestyle a little, a little bit because we couldn't really go out. You know, yeah. if, you, if you went to a particular restaurant, they would make you put a mask on or certain restaurants actually started asking for vaccination status. So I can't participate in that. I remember going to, I think it was, maybe it was late 2020, early 2021. I can't remember now, but I, I, had, I was out getting something done and I had to eat lunch. So I went to a restaurant and they required me to wear the mask from the door to the table, and then after that, it didn't matter. <laughs> I was a bit of you know, a rebel. I would, I would, I would not wear the mask in and just sit down. You know, and it, it's, it's I silly. Just, I looked at him like that doesn't. That's like that's not logical. That doesn't make no, any like it, either the mask is effective or it is not effective, and and you're not doing it. It's like it's pointless. And how they reacted to me doing that depended on if we stayed or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got. I got. We got. Tossed out of a couple places for sure for not wearing the mask. Dang. But uh, surprisingly, there was other places that I thought were going to toss us and didn't. I just so. hope the next psychological operation will be shorter. I don't want it to be two years <laughs> long. I want it to be just who, maybe a few 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 months. I don't who, know. Who do we weeks. have to who do we have to call to say what? Can we negotiate and talk about these psychological operations you perform in America <laughs> ahead of time? Let's negotiate the, the, the terms of the deal. Let's ask they. <laughs> well, ooh, we should get they, they. on the show. Yeah. I wonder what they would say to this. <laughs> hey, there's another story I want to jump into before we run out of time. This one out of Catholic News Agency. The headline goes, who are the 13 Catholic senators who voted for shameful pro-abortion bill? 13 Catholic senators, eh? Uh, Katie Yoder wrote this article. It says, 13 Catholic lawmakers in the United States, a United U.S. Senate, voted Monday in favor of of a failed attempt to pass a sweeping new abortion law that threatened to override states' pro-life laws and remove restrictions on abortion up to the point of birth in some cases. Their support of the defeated bill called the Women's Health Protection Act placed them sharply at odds with the clear teaching of their Catholic faith, which strictly prohibits abortion and condemns efforts to promote it. Church leaders and Catholic pro-life Catholic pro-life advocates were quick to criticize the senators' votes after the measure was defeated on February the 28th. Praise be to God, in spite of these 13 Catholic senators who voted for it, it still got defeated. Uh, article goes on to say, quote, Catholics are tired of seeing their faith used as a political football on the campaign trail, then thrown aside by Catholic political figures when they need to vote along the party line against the church's most fundamental moral teachings. Close quote, Joshua Mercer, communications director of the Catholic Vote, said on Monday, going on to say, one of the standout examples tonight was Senator Bob Casey, a self-proclaimed Catholic who has high, who has again and again presented himself to Catholic voters as pro-life. Bishop Thomas Tobin of Providence, Rhode Island, took to Twitter to denounce that state's two Democrat senators, Jack Reed, a Catholic, and Sheldon Whitehouse, for supporting what Tobin called, quote, a very extreme pro-abortion bill, close quote. 
Uh, Bishop Tobin, what an opportunity to uh, call this senator into your office or go visit him possibly and uh, sit down with him and just maybe make sure he understands what the church teaches and tell him, listen, if you're going to continue to publicly reject what the church teaches on the dignity of human life, you're not going to be able to present yourself to Holy Communion because you aren't prepared to receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. And you need to get yourself right because you don't want to condemn yourself to hell forever, right? Um, what an opportunity, Bishop, to, to do that. The article goes on to say, quote, shameful, the judgment will be God's, close quote, he tweeted, citing Pope Francis' statement that abortion is murder. The following Catholic senators voted in favor of the bill. These are Catholic senators who voted to pass this sweeping pro-abortion legislation. Maria Cantwell, Democrat from Washington. Bob Casey, Democrat from Pennsylvania. Catherine Cortez Amazzo, a Democrat from Nevada. Dick Durbin, Democrat from Illinois. Uh, Kristen Gillibrand, Democrat from New York. Tim Kaine, Democrat from Virginia. Are you noticing a trend here? I'm wondering. Mark Kelly, Democrat from Arizona. Patrick Leahy, Democrat from Vermont. Uh, Ed Markey, Democrat from Massachusetts. Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey. Patty Murray, Democrat from Washington. Alex Padilla, Democrat from California. And Jack Reed, Democrat from Rhode Island. While Ben Ray Lujan, Democrat from New Mexico, was absent, he co-sponsored the bill. Another Catholic president, Joe Biden, strongly supported the measure and would have signed it into law. Wow. He says, at this time, when women's access to reproductive health care is under increased assault in states across the country, it is extremely disappointing that Senate Republicans blocked passage of the Women's Health Protection Act, which would strengthen health care access and codify constitutional rights affirmed half a century ago by Roe v. Wade and his subsequent Supreme Court precedent. Close quote. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said in a March 1st statement. Well, I am sure glad that these 13 Catholic senators were unable to get this bill passed because it is horrific. We are a pro-life people. The dignity of the human person from conception until natural death. It is natural law. And it is the law of the church, in spite of these Catholics. We'll be right back. Colonel Dooley and Breaking News coming up next. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alfquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. 
the things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. AP reports nations agree to release 60 million barrels of oil amid Russian war. The International Energy Agency's 31 member countries agreed to release 60 million barrels of oil from their strategic reserves, half of that from the United States, to send a strong message to oil markets in response to the war between Russia and Ukraine. And the Epic Times reports Arizona House Senate approved measure-boosting voter ID requirements on November ballots. The Republican-controlled Arizona House and GOP-led state Senate voted to approve a measure on the November election ballot that would drastically increase the ID requirements needed for Arizonans who want to vote both in person and by mail. Currently, voters in Arizona just signed their names, which county officials then compare to signatures they have on file. The measure was approved after Republicans raised concerns that the, vote, the state's voter ID laws allow for fraud or illegal votes to take place. And the Epic Times reports Biden addresses Russia and inflation, offers new tone on pandemic and first State of the Union address. President Biden addressed the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine, said the United States has reached a new moment in the COVID-19 pandemic, and called on Congress to pass piecemeal elements of his stalled agenda to deal with the increasing costs for Americans in his first State of the Union speech on Tuesday. Leading the speech with Russia and the Ukrainian conflict, he vowed to continue sending aid to Ukraine in addition to the $1 billion he already sent. And the Washington Examiner reports transport ship with estimated $438 million worth of cargo sinks after catching fire. A cargo ship that caught fire while transporting 4,000 luxury vehicles from Europe to the United States sank on Tuesday after a fire broke out on board nearly two weeks ago. The ship, Felicity Ace, toppled over and sank about 253 miles off the coast of Portugal at about 9 a.m. local time. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Good news. Praise be to Jesus. I just got the last day of our 2022 Lenten calendar campaign filled. So April 10th is taken. Michael, thank you for your generous offer to, to fill that. So we are 100% covered every day in Lent, praying and fasting and doing penance uh, for peace in the world. Uh, ardent sinners like blasphemers and heretics, and I'm so grateful to you for for being a part of that. So thank you. Uh, praise be to God. More details on our website, by the way, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can always double up. It'd be great. Joining us again right now via Zoom chat is a retired Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley from the Army. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've been covering quite a bit of the story of the Russian invasion in Ukraine. You were on just before the invasion kicked off, and uh, we wanted to have you back. There, a lot of the story is uh, on the humanitarian side of it, for sure. But I want to ask you some questions from a sort of a military perspective, a strategy perspective, because there's a lot I don't personally understand here. Uh, just today, Rudy uh, uh, reported on a story about Russians poking holes in their gas tanks, intentionally dumping their oil. I mean, uh, there was the story on the Ukraine side, for instance, uh, they got all the planes up, I heard, before the invasion happened, but they couldn't mobilize the people until two, a day or two into it. There's a lot here that seems uh, kind of uh, not smart or not straight or I don't understand, and I wanted to get your perspective. Matt Dooley, what do you say? Well, yeah, first and foremost, there's a lot of, of misinformation out there on both sides. Uh, and so you have to have a, a bit of a trained eye uh, just to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff. Um, but a, a few things have, have come very, very clear 
um, in in the the first week or so of this campaign. The first thing is, uh, from a military perspective, one of the hardest things to do is to coordinate uh, a multi-pronged assault, particularly something that involves about three core or more worth of uh, maneuver assets. We're talking about seven different lines of, uh, of advance, uh, four of them primary. Um, each of those has to have its own close air support, its own preparatory fires, uh, and there has to be a logistics plan to conduct resupply, both in terms of fuel and food, as well as ammunition. Um, in the end, that's something very, very hard for a well-trained, uh, you know, first world modern army to be able to accomplish, let alone the Russian military, which is about uh, 80% conscript, meaning those who are serving a two-year mandatory service. Oh, wow. Uh, the last time the, the Russian army did this is when they were the Soviet army in, in May of 1945. The campaigns that they have waged uh, in smaller countries like uh, in taking Crimea with its little green men or going after uh, Georgia and uh, the fighting 2008 or some of the things they've done in Syria are nowhere near the scale of complexity of what Putin is trying to pull off. It is very interesting. I've, I heard a report this morning that that long convoy, 40-mile convoy headed towards Kiev, uh, the, some of the vehicles in the in the front of it were attacked and pretty much put it to a stop. Uh, you have any information on that? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Um, the the issue is, if you're going to do open maneuver warfare uh, with heavy armor uh, in that region of the world, uh, it helps for the ground to be frozen this time of year. Uh, you can get off of the roads uh, and you can move, you know, 35, 40 ton vehicles uh, with relative ease, and you're still burdened by having to cross the river uh, at bridges and those choke points, but you can still maneuver across the terrain uh, along the border between Belarus uh, and northern Ukraine or the Pripyat marshes. If those are frozen, uh, you can you can move your forces across. But this year, they're not. And so the Russian army is largely roadbound, which means you're predictable. Uh, and if I'm establishing a defensive position at an intersection uh, or a key piece of terrain that you have to move through as a defile or a choke point, that's where I'm going to stop you because I don't have to destroy much in the front of your column to back you up. Uh, the second issue they're dealing with uh, are their lack of logistics. The first wave that went in uh, last Wednesday only had about 72 hours worth of resupply. That includes fuel and, and food. Uh, when they ran out, uh, the, the fuel trucks and the logistics weren't there. And so that first wave ran out of gas, literally. Uh, the second wave that went in after them ran into the same problems. Um, and so that's what you see stacked up. Uh, trying to get fuelers up and down a, a two-lane road to top off the vehicles on the front while you're under fire and you're getting planked uh, by javelin missiles uh, or UAVs carrying laser-guided weapons, that's a problem. Uh, and so those are the challenges that Russians are dealing with right now. That yeah, that that is something I think that uh, I haven't considered. So thank you for for adding that to the conversation. Certainly, I mean it's hard enough to uh, get around here in Houston in a <laughs> gigantic <laughs> yeah. freeway that we have here. Um, but I'm wondering if you could speak to the uh, to the point of um, why did it? It seems it seems as if there and I don't know if this is true, but why did it seem that? Uh, Ukraine didn't rally their troops before. I mean, Russia was at the door for quite some time, but it seems that they weren't ready to to uh, uh, mobilize their troops. Uh, do you have any information on that, or is that just something that got lost in translation? You know, like between Western media and, and Europe. Yeah, you, you have to do two things. You have to imagine 
that, that Ukraine has been at war uh, for roughly eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attempt to take the, uh, the Donbass region, those two quote-unquote breakaway uh, provinces of southeastern Ukraine, that's been going on for a while. Uh, and uh, Putin had before that annexed Crimea. So that's been going on for a while. So if you're a Ukrainian uh, soldier, uh, you've been at this for a while. Mm. And so there's this sense of, you know, okay, Wes, you guys are just waking up to the fact that we've been in, in conflict. Um, the second piece to this is also that, candidly, no one expected uh, Vladimir Putin to, to launch the, the, the go for broke, all chips into the table, any up sort of poker game that he's got going on now. Uh, they thought that he might try to annex those two breakaway provinces, might try to pressure a couple of areas. But the idea of, of going all in, um, as it became apparent he was going to do this over the last couple of weeks, uh, was harder for folks to accept. Uh, and the third thing I'll say is that the, the Ukrainian military is dwarfed uh, by the Russian military. Uh, it's tough to look ready uh, when it's David versus Goliath. Mm. Um, they're, they're doing the best they can, uh, but they're outnumbered uh, in aircraft and, and tanks. Um, and once it became apparent that the, the Russians were coming from all directions, then he put the kind of country into a, a full, a full military footing and you've got everybody fighting now. We have just a couple of minutes before we go to break. We're talking with Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley, retired from the Army. I just don't understand how could the Russian Army be so underprepared, so lacking in proper planning and logistics. I mean, it's mind-boggling how bad this is. Yeah, um, amongst my my military peers, we talk, and uh, that's our opinion, too. Uh, that we're surprised that uh, the, the initial attack, uh, did not go uh, with the shock and awe that, that he had planned uh, and that it was so uh, badly coordinated uh, from all different angles. That's not how you do this. And uh, it's just getting worse. I guess I, I should say I'm glad it didn't go better. <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to go better. But it, it would, everyone, I think, would have, have expected the Russian uh, military to be just vastly better than this. Uh, and praise be to God that they're not. So at any rate, we're, we're up against a break here. Um, I want to talk to you about war crimes, and I want to probably do that on the other side of the war crimes. But there is just so much coming out of the story. 600,000 uh, refugees now have uh, fled from uh, U- Ukraine, going into Hungary and Poland and other countries. I was watching some vlogs of people making that trek out by train, and some of them walked. I think one guy walked 50 miles and only to try to get out of the country. And then uh, just before they got out, you know, the Ukrainian uh, ministers came out and uh, conscripted all of the young men. Well, actually, I shouldn't say young. 18 to 60, I think, is the age. But yeah. at any rate, so there's a lot of stories we want to cover. We also want to ask you about uh, fake news, some of the fake news story out there, the ghost of Kiev. A very powerful story, let alone the Snake Island story. But uh, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to conversate about war crimes and all the rest with retired Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley. And uh, there's so much to cover in this story. We're going to continue to pray for an end to hostility and violence there and and a restoration of their sovereignty. So uh, join us if you can. Coming up right after this very short break, tell a friend, Catholic Drive Down. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Why is it that on Ash Wednesday, we always hear from the Gospel of Matthew about not performing deeds of righteousness in order that people see them? We then proceed to have the priests make a cross of ashes on our forehead as we go out into our workspaces, schools, and the public square. Doesn't this seem like a paradox? While the Gospel is a good reminder not to flaunt our good deeds, nor to think we are better than others because we went to Mass on a weekday, the truth is we don't wear the ashes as a sign of righteousness, but rather as a recognition of our humble nothingness, owing everything to God. The priest says, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Biblically, a sign on your forehead is a symbol of ownership, that we belong to God. As we begin this Lenten season of fasting and penance, let us remember that we can do nothing without God, and that He will give us the strength to endure everything. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good to be on with you. Retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley is our guest. We're talking about Russia from a military and strategy standpoint. Uh, Matt, thank you for your time again. You know, cluster bombs are being used. Uh, there's been reports that civilians have been used to as human shields on tanks. There have been uh, reports of direct targeting of, of apartment complexes and much, much more. Have war crimes, in your estimation, been committed here? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and here's why. Um, the, the use of, of indiscriminate firepower uh, against civilian targets that have no military value um, is, is something that puts you right, right square in the crosshairs for something like that. Um, Geneva Convention 4, um, you know, what we did after World War II, acknowledging the, the brutality of that, uh, is what establishes the rules that, that take uh, civilian targets off the table. Uh, once you cross into that lane, then, then you start losing your legitimacy uh, from a political perspective. But from a human perspective, uh, re- you reduce war uh, to, to a more baser level. And that's what we're seeing now. And I think it's a product uh, of the frustration that the Russian army uh, is feeling for their lack of progress, military to military versus the Ukrainian uh, armed forces who were dug in and, and acquitting themselves quite well. Uh, what you've seen the last 48 hours or so uh, is the uh, the use of cluster munitions uh, launched from uh, from uh, ground to ground rockets, um, the, the use of uh, and deliberate targeting of, of missiles uh, against population centers, whether it's the center of Kharkiv or, or locations inside Kiev. Uh, both of those cities are important, and both of those, those those cities have hundreds of thousands of people who still live in them uh, who have absolutely no military connection at all. You know, uh, Colonel Dooley, you're a expert in a lot of things, uh, including AI and things like that. Um, and one of the things that we're seeing right now is a a massive propaganda uh, movement with both from Ukraine, from Russia, and who knows about the United States. And so it's very hard to tell what is true, what is not, especially whenever there are things like 
clips from video games and things clips from old yeah. movies and and nowadays we can create scenes that never existed out of CGI and just put it out there and who could possibly tell the difference especially if uh, we're come watching it from the US I'm thinking of the where there were rumors saying that the Russians sent out a mobile crematorium and that there have been um, over 5000 deaths uh, from the Russian soldiers and I'm I'm thinking to myself what is true? What is not? I have, I have no idea what what it is. Uh, what's your analysis of this propaganda uh, from a strategy perspective or from whatever perspective? Well, I think we talk about multi-domain operations and that first layer before you even get down to the battlefield and, and the exchange of, of fire on the two-way rifle range. Um, in multi-domain operations, that first layer, that first domain uh, is in the area of, of politics, information, information warfare, uh, psychological operations, uh, that, that's that's very real. Uh, and with the advent of, of better technology, as you mentioned, the the idea of, of creating deep fakes um, and incorporating um, very detailed graphics, uh, it's possible uh, to create a narrative if you're not trained to screen that out, if you don't know what to look for. Um, so it, it may be interesting to you, but I would always verify you know, two or three different independent sources if you can. Uh, there are a couple of different places you can go. Uh, Twitter um, and a lot of the videos you see uh, may have some geolocation data. So you can reference both a timestamp and a location stamp to see where that actually occurred. Uh, if it doesn't have that kind of metadata, it's harder to prove whether or not it's real or not. Uh, there are a couple of good websites you can go to uh, that are free, open source, crowdsource, where people are hanging videos from wherever they are uh, in the Ukrainian countryside. Uh, and you can kind of put together and piece together a little bit better truth than you can if you're just getting it through, well, let's say a Russian news source. Uh, one thing's for sure though, that we, the, we know that the Russian army is backed up uh, and that they have taken thousands of casualties. Um, typically that, that information is, is on a one or two day delay and you'll see that come through uh, more approved sources. Uh, some of the stories you are hearing are taken from interviews done with captured Russian soldiers. Uh, so th there is some validity to the fact that we've got a, an army in disarray, at least the first couple of waves. And a lot of conscript soldiers who are self-sabotaging uh, or refusing to fight or, or surrendering and walking away. That, that you can't deny. Mm. How do you think that this is going to play out? I've heard a couple people say that at this point, it's gotten to the, to the extent that Putin cannot surrender. He cannot back out. He has to keep going until either he takes uh, Kiev or or they uh, that there's major concessions that are given to him, and that we're going to have to come up with a deal that's going to be a lose for everyone, and no one walks away completely happy. Uh, what do you think about a possible solution to the problem? Yeah, I think he's, he certainly put himself uh, in a in a bad position. Uh, even if he's able uh, to capture Kiev tonight, even if the, uh, the Ukrainian government capitulates, even if he's, if he's successful with his military taking all of Ukraine, which he intends to do, um, he's accomplished a couple of things uh, that he can't back out of. Uh, first, he says his concern was security, uh, that he didn't want NATO right up against uh, his Russian borders. Taking Ukraine, all of it, uh, accomplishes exactly that. Uh, he'll have Poland uh, on his immediate Western front. Uh, so 
there's there's some degree of inconsistency in that logic. The second thing is uh, he's now an international pariah. Uh, the the Russian economy uh, is in the shambles. Uh, the, the banking system has been largely cut off from the from global access. Everyone's pulled out, and even the Swiss have taken a side. When's that ever happened? Never. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that at the end. If he's if he's successful in getting his tactical aims here, uh, he's a strategic failure no matter what he does. Uh, so if you're the West, what do you do? How do you create a golden bridge that he can retreat across, to borrow a Sun Tzu term? Mm. Um, there are a number of different courses of action where, uh, where you know, we, can, we can speculate on where that happens, but you've got to get inside his head. And I'm just not convinced he hasn't uh, adopted a bit of an apoc- apocalyptic view here where he's going to get what he wants or he's going to burn it all down. That that concerns me. Uh, I guess a follow-up question to that is, what comes next? You know, it's it's pretty obvious uh, that Russians want uh, Kiev, or maybe maybe not. I'm not entirely sure. It seems as if they're forming a, a type of uh, uh, encircling the city. Um, but what comes next? There's talk about nuclear war, talk about uh, sending out nukes. Maybe this becomes a, a an elevated state of affair here. Um, what say you? Yeah, that, that's that's certainly a concern uh, that, that Putin has, has now stepped outside of, of the normal bounds of um, of constraint and restraint and mutually assured destruction that, that kept the lid on things during the Cold War. Uh, he's, he now brandishes that that uh, that nuclear capability uh, often uh, in his rhetoric to try to, at least in this case, uh, tell NATO, stay out of this. This is our fight. Uh, he's communicating and threatening the West. Um that he's, he's willing to go there. And that's, uh, that's new. It makes us wonder uh, how serious is he uh, in this great poker, poker game. Uh, Putin has never had an asset he hasn't been willing to use, uh, including assassination and poisoning people. So you, you have to take what he says seriously uh, so that you can frame a proper response in a, in a series of things you'll do and you won't do. Mm. Uh, so that's, I'm glad I'm not uh, working for State Department right now. I'm mm. glad I'm not in the, uh, the the National Security Council trying to advise the president because this is a tough one. Mm. In the end, we're going to have greater pressure uh, as the humanitarian side of this becomes more apparent uh, as Kiev and, and Kharkiv continue to be surrounded. Um, that you're going to see this question of how far do we allow atrocities to go before we intervene directly? Right now, we've got no troops on the ground. Uh, and NATO is not directly intervening. We've not invoked Article 5. And so long as we remain there, uh, then this remains controlled. Uh, but if you know something happens where one of the NATO countries is, is attacked or, or bombarded, then we've got a different question, different scenario. We have a, a comment here from one of our uh, CDT insiders. Alaric asks, is it possible that Russia wanted to go slowly in order to keep Ukraine more intact? and not to do too much harm to the people in hopes of gaining Ukraine as a more useful state against NATO. Could that be a part uh, of a strategy in, in what we've seen? Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can see some logic in that. Um, in the opening phases, you did, you did see uh, the Russian version of shock and awe, lightning strikes, precision strikes, and the attempt to go quickly with, uh, with special forces or airborne to seize key, key terrain, uh, like uh, the, the air base, the airfield. Uh, the airport uh, to the northwest of, of Kiev, uh, but all of those failed. Mm. Uh, that they did not have uh, enough uh, to do the, the kind of capitulation strikes uh, that they were hoping for. I believe that they thought they could 
They could do a couple of lightning rounds, squeeze the Ukrainian government. Zelensky would would uh, would flee, mm. uh, and the Ukrainian military would quickly collapse. None of that happened, and so now you're into the grind phase of of having to push your forces uh, in quantity forward, and that's not working out either. Wow, there are also reports of uh, Russian saboteur teams uh, running around. In fact, there's been reports that they've shot and murdered some civilians as as a result. So there's a lot of very concerning news coming out of this. So let's uh, continue to pray about it. But uh, one last question with just about a minute to go, Matt Dooley. Uh, why would the U.S. not cut off oil and gas uh, and, you know, natural gas out of Russia? Wouldn't that hit them hardest? Yeah, that's a real good question. We've we've pulled a lot of uh, the things we said uh, we were going to use as, as last resort uh, to, to take the, the, the Russian economy off the table. This is one of the last ones. Uh, our issue is we were, we're pulling quite a bit of oil, uh, some 675 million gallons. Uh, I'm sorry, said 675 million barrels from from the Russians. And so we have to figure out a way to, to replace that. Um, I can think of a couple of things we should have done. The XL Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, uh, we were man. energy independent not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, but when you're when you're relying on so much, uh, you, you've got to have a plan uh, to plug something else in before you unplug the other stuff. Wow. All right. Well, uh, Matt Dooley, thank you for your time today. Always great, insightful analysis, and uh, we'll love to have you back soon. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. God bless. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can and you're able to join us for the second hour, we would love to have you. Don't forget, you can always hang out with us on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt, where you can watch the show live there or catch the audio stream there or Watch one of the live video streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, Odyssey. We're on Rumble as well, all linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But if we don't, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. And have a wonderful Ash Wednesday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. In chapter 4 of his rule, St. Benedict reminds us never despair of God's mercy. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. This important phrase catches us by surprise because he slips it in at the end of a long list of good works we should practice. St. Benedict is reminding us that when we have done all we are supposed to, we must finally entrust everything to God's mercy. 
We believe that God is so merciful that he sent his son to suffer and die in order to restore the beautiful creation we had disfigured by our sin. Only God's mercy can in the end repair all the evil and hurts that we inflict on one another. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E MinuteMonk.com If we can just remember God's mercy in times of trouble, we can bear these difficulties and look forward to that day when all will be healed. Hey Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It has begun. Ash Wednesday is here. Lent has started. And your uh, opportunity to offer up the small things. What a gift. What a grace. What an opportunity. Let's pray today for perseverance, for, for fortitude, to see our way through this Lenten season, to grow in grace, to deny ourselves the little things, to join our Lord suffering on the cross. Amen. And our, may Our Lady keep us through it all. Praise be to God. But uh, don't forget also, you got to throw in the Ember Days. I think that's coming up next week, we said. So just don't forget, Ember Days as well. But I am so grateful. We filled out the whole calendar. So the entire uh, Lenten calendar is now full for the fasting, prayer, and penance plan for CDT and the family. And you are part of that. We're so grateful to you, listener for being a part of it and signing up and taking days. And if you want, you can still if you can still double up. So if you still want to join the program, pray fast and, and do a penance for us for the intentions we stated, all you got to do is go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Click on the CDT 2022 Lenten campaign, and it'll take you to all the information. The calendar is there. You can see all the days and everybody who's taking it. But if you want to double or triple up on a day, please do. Join us. We'd love to have you. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And wow, that's incredible. I, I pray that this is uh, this is pleasing to, to God. Yeah. Thank uh, you for signing up for, amen. Uh, for all of those days. Uh, what a gr- tremendous outreach over the last couple of days, uh, getting the calendar full. So I'm super pumped about that. Praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a great hour last hour. Yeah. We covered talked, a lot of ground. Talked about Ukraine. I'm feeling a little more informed now. Yeah. It makes, it makes more what sense. What about inspired? 
Um, I, I'm about to be inspired. Speaking of the ghost of Kiev, uh, Adrian Fonseca's <laughs> here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. The, the ghost of it Kiev. Was a, all it was Adrian always. It was me the whole time. <laughs> I am great. the ghost of Kiev. <laughs> One uh, fighter pilot, unnamed, shoots down six Russian fighters in a single combat. And then uh, you see Adrian's head poking out the window. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Is that uh, what you're going after work? Uh, I can neither affirm nor deny that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, praise be to God, uh, my back is killing me. What a grace to uh, have this <laughs> pain during the first day of the season of Lent. Yes. Uh, praise yeah, be to God amen. for it. Yeah, you name it. Praise be to God. Well, we're going to have a great hour this hour. We have a lot to jump into as well. So we have obviously a good news story for you today. And then we have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus our Fear and Trembling Game Show. And Adrian promises me. The phones will work flawlessly today. On, right. On pain of excommunication. I definitely did not say that. This is a He promised me. He told me. It's Russian technology, it's, so you have to be a little be patient with it, you know? <laughs> uh, well, it's not as though we're not trying. I'm like, okay, we are trying to fix it. It just, it just doesn't want to be fixed, apparently. Yeah. I'm so. thinking a sledgehammer would solve the problem. <laughs> Maybe there's a ghost in the machine or something. <laughs> Speaking of ghosts in the machines. Uh, at any rate, we'll work it out one way or the other. We will have a game show, and you could be our contestant. So the way it works in a perfect world is we give you the phone number, you dial the phone, and the phone lines ring, and everything works. It's a great time. Praise be to God. We have a in laugh. World. You learn something new, and then, of course, you, you might win prizes. That comes up at 15 past the hour. You can, you know, it's possible. What may work even better to avoid all the phone problems is to call in early and sit on hold. Right, So you can find the phone number on our website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Look for the fear and trembling link at the top of the page, and that will take you to where the phone number is. All right, we're going to jump in. We have a lot to cover again. Uh, we'll have an after show today. So hanging out with you for 30 minutes on the live video feed and talking about whatever you want to talk about. Praise be to God. And our CDT Insider private chat group is here this morning. And we're very grateful to uh, Joshua and uh, Damon and Mike and Tammy. Praise be to God. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. We'll be chatting with all of you coming up at 35 past the hour. Let's jump in. I'm going to be praying the Golden Arrow Prayer this Lent because that is the prayer we're including in our Lenten prayer fasting and penance campaign. It is a prayer that's linked to the devotion to the Holy Face and to the conversion of ardent sinners, blasphemers, heretics, things like that. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now your good news story for the day. The Good News Network reports, wheelchair tumbles into lake, but 81-year-old is saved from drowning by his dog's barking. An 81-year-old man and his dog were on their morning walk around the lake when he lost control of his electric wheelchair. Soon he was nearly drowning, but man's best friend jumped into action. Harry Smith's electric wheelchair lost traction in the mulch, which caused him to slide down the bank and flip off his wheelchair into water in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Mr. Smith needed help as he could not swim and struggled to stay afloat. 
Knowing his owner was in trouble, Sarah Jane began barking like crazy, which alerted two bystanders across the street. Edward Sealing and his friend Jacob rushed over to the lake and flagged down a local police officer. When Officer Dottie arrived, he, and he saw Smith submerged up to his neck in water. The two bystanders and the officer walked to get, worked together to pull him out of the water and up the bank. Fortunately, he was healthy enough to return home. His wheel, electric wheelchair, however, was damaged from tumbling into the water, so the first responders pushed him back to his house with Sarah Jane wagging her tail all the way back. The police, the saying remains true, a man's best friend is his dog. The Port St. Lucie Police Department wrote on their Facebook page. I gave her a treat, grinned Smith. I love her so much. Gosh, I want a dog so badly. <laughs> and that's really good news. God love you. It's good news that you want a dog? That too. <laughs> Blessed Charles the Good is the saint of the day. He was born in 1083 in Denmark. One might call him the Prince of Denmark and was a son of King St. Canute. When, after his father's murder, Charles's mother Adela took him to the court of Robert, the Count of Flanders, his maternal grandfather. After making a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, Charles was offered the crown of the Kingdom of Jerusalem. But he refused. But when he grew up, he became a knight and accompanied Robert in a crusade to the Holy Land where he distinguished himself. And on their return, Charles also fought against the English with his uncle. On Robert's death, his son Baldwin succeeded him and designated Charles as the heir. At the same time, he arranged for Charles's marriage to the daughter of the Count of Claremont. Did anyone want to arrange my marriage to the daughter of the Count of Claremont? During Baldwin's rule, Charles was closely associated with him, and the people came to have a high regard for his wise and beneficent ways to, as well as his personal holiness. When Baldwin died in 1119, Charles succeeded him as Count of Flanders. He, was, he made sure that the times of truce were respected and fought against the black marketers who hoarded food and were waiting to sell it at astronomical prices to the people. He expelled all the Jews from Flanders in 1125, and he was also loved for his care for the poor and economic policies, which protected the few rights of the lower classes and of the indentured servants. As a result of these policies, these, this encouraged the undying wrath from members of the powerful Arambald family, who ordered their knights to murder Charles as he knelt in prayer in the church of St. Donation in Bruges. Because of the nature of his death, Charles was immediately honored as a martyr, and his remains were enshrined in the Cathedral of Bruges. Devotion to Blessed Charles the Good was confirmed in 1883. Blessed Charles the Good, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 18. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, 
who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said uh, that the man who by his virtuous actions would gain the applause of men quits at an easy rate a treasure of immense value. For with what he might purchase the kingdom of heaven, he only seeks to acquire the transitory applause of mortals. Close quote. St. Gregory the Great. Pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes. Yeah, so one thing, well, Cordes Lapide had a lot to say on this passage. I only got through his commentary up to verse 7, and so he has a ton to say about this passage. But everybody's going to be talking today about how we need to pray in secret, how we need to be humble, how we can't have a uh, be hypocrites. These kind of things are the things that everybody talks about, and that's all true. But I want to just uh, use my time here to say, let's not go to excess. Let's not uh, reject the good things by uh, in in response to trying to reject the bad things. So Cornelius Lapide, after talking about how we can we should not and cannot be hypocrites, he says, and so then Christ here does not condemn public prayer, and so this is important. Because public prayer is uh, is promoted in the church, is promoted uh, by Christ, is promoted uh, by the scriptures. That's why we see, you know, the marching on around the walls of Jericho. So he says here, well, the the pagan or the heretics, because right now, you know, Cornelius Lapide, he's writing a lot against the Protestant heretics at the time. He said that it is a indeed a ridiculous heresy which has sprung up lately in Holland from a wrong understanding of this passage by a certain innovator who. Re- Rejects all temples and holds the conventuals of his sects nowhere but in bedrooms. The Calvinists, too, when they ask a blessing before meat, they cover their faces with their hats that they may pray in secret. But then a hat is not a bedchamber as is plain as is very plain. So what is Cornelius Lapide trying to say here? He's saying, yes, we must pray in secret, but we cannot go to an excess where, as he said, that one sect uh, only allows their people to pray in their bedrooms. They're not allowed to pray outside of their bedrooms. And then he makes fun of the Calvinists because at the time, Calvinists today don't do this anymore, but the Calvinists would wear these large hats and they would cover their faces when they would pray before their meals to show, you know, we're praying in secret. This is a strict adherence to the law that is not according to the spirit of the law because Cornelius Lapide says, yes, it is true that this has a literal meaning because we should pray in our closets, pray in secret, but also, and more importantly, 
It is understanding that the closet is the heart or the mind, that we should enter into our hearts, enter into our minds, and shut out other things so that no distraction may creep in to draw away the soul from God. As St. Jerome says, shut, the, shut to the door, shut thy lips, and pray inwardly in thy mind, as Hannah the mother of Samuel did. And as St. Ambrose says, the Savior says, enter into thy closet, not that which is enclosed by walls, which shuts up thy bodily limbs, but the closet which is within thee, in which thy thoughts are enclosed. And I think that's something to think about today. Wow. Praise be to God. We love we love the commentary from Cornelius Alapide. It is incredibly detailed and de- it's deep, right? And we pr- appreciate verbum.com forward slash GRN for connecting all of these commentaries into the Gospels every day, helping us make it super easy. You can go to Verbum with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, Verbum.com forward slash GRN for more information. All right, it is time to play the game, Fear and Trembling. And as of right now, the phone lines are working. Praise be to God. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now to be the contestant. If you haven't played in at least a month, you can call back. 877-757-9424. But we love first-time callers. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe 
acclaim. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. You have to keep it between us, all right? Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. That's always a good thing. We like to have a laugh. And our callers are truly amazing. Great sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me just explain some things. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but we do not ask the caller the question. So they don't even need to know the correct answer. They could not know a single correct answer and win the game. That's how cool this game is. The reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Uh, Rudy, what could they win? Praise God. Our game show sponsor this week is Simplicity and Productivity Co. They are generously sponsoring our show with a beautiful and effective planner. And uh, Joe, did you know that uh, writing things down is a scientifically proven way to offload your brain, gain peace and focus, and also keep track and hold yourself accountable? Amazing. Did you know that? I thought coffee did that, but okay. okay. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not not for Lent. <laughs> well, the Life of Purpose Planner is designed for more than just keeping a schedule. It facilitates a way of life. Best of all, the creator is a fellow Catholic. Monica, thank you very much. Please check out her website at simplicityandproductivity.com and support her store. You can also follow her shop mm-hmm. on Instagram at Life of Purpose Planner. Thank you. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Life of Purpose Planner. Uh, for your generous sponsorship of our game show, simplicityandproductivity.com. God love you. All right, we're going to go to the phones. And if I'm not mistaken, a CDT insider here is hanging out with us this morning. Mr. Jude, good morning to you. Good morning, Mr. Joe. How are you today? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Another day in paradise. (laughs) Praise God. It's Ash Wednesday, Mr. Jude. Are you ready? Yes, I am. You you, you have a uh, a big penitential plan for Lent this year. You're going to give up uh, uh, praying on broken glass or something. What are you What are you doing for Lent? Yeah, prayer, prayer, prayer. Praise be to God. And uh, yeah. are you going to be able to hit mass up today? Are you going to go to the noon mass? Are you going to go to evening mass? Which Which mass are you going to? Yeah, I, if I don't get on to the, the seven thirty mass here, I will go to mass. In the evening, but I have gotten the ash. We had a liturgy of the word, and I have gotten the ash, and I'm headed to my school. You're equipped, and you're ready to go. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Jude, you you hail from Houston. So uh, we appreciate having you back on. You know the rules. you played a couple of times in the past. You know how this works. Are you ready to go, sir? Go ahead, Mr. Jude. Let's do this, Mr. Jude. All right, we're going to start with... uh, Rudy Carlos, as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony here on CDT. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. And if you're watching on live stream, you can see my papal grandeur. Your papal, just pretend, papal grandeur. Just pretend I'm on the Logia, okay? <laughs> okay. Or is it Logia? Odd and strange. Is that because you're wearing a green tie? That's true. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, it is ordinary <laughs> time. Oh, are wait, are you kidding, ready to not. play the game? <laughs> I'm ready. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a trick question. 
Is it? Super tricky question. As, out of all the questions, this is probably the trickiest. It is it's pretty tricky. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me where is the North American College located? Now, if you can survive the city, you can make it to the college. Can because you? it's in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> are you Good being, luck. Are you being serious or are you joking? Uh, I you guess we'll find out. You- <laughs> Detroit's your answer, though. Yeah, Detroit. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Yeah. Where? Are you, were you good at geography in school? I'm no, I was terrible well, at geography this is in not school. Good. We're in trouble now. Hey, can you tell me where is the North American College located? The North American College, otherwise known as the NAC. The NAC. Yes, the NAC. Like the Ukraine? Uh, no, not like the Ukraine. It's very different <laughs> than the Ukraine, actually. The Ukraine. But uh, it's where they send a lot of a uh, lot of seminarians who end up becoming bishops go to the NAC. Really? Um, but that would be located the North American College uh-huh. in Rome, Italy. Rome. So we have a North American college in Rome, you're saying? Correct. Not okay. Rome, Georgia. Huh. Not okay. Rome, Georgia. Well, not Mr. Rome, Texas. Well, Mr. Jude, it is a tricky question, but here is the deal. Adrian seems to think the NAC or the North American college is in Rome, whereas Rudy says it's in Detroit. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Mr. Jude, what say you? Uh, Rudy. I think Rudy. Detroit. Go, go with Rome. <laughs> oh so no! <laughs> it's a tricky question, but the I'm actual sorry, answer is Rome. It, there's it, Rome has a bunch of different schools for seminarians from all over the world, and we have one there too. It's called the NAC, North yeah. American College. But you learned something, Mr. Jude. You learned something new today. Praise be to God. All right, okay. let, let's see if we can't get you in the cup. I want to say this one should be pretty straightforward. This next one. We'll see how it goes. We're going to go to uh, Rudy. No, Adrian. Adrian. We're going to go to Adrian. That, that would be me. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I am I not Rudy. Wait. Adrian. Well, I can't wait to get past the coffee withdrawal. Hey, uh, hey, withdrawal. Adrian. Can hey, you tell Joe. me what is the first stage of the spiritual life of perfection? Oh, wow. Why are you, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Certainly not for the reasons you're thinking. <laughs> the first stage of the spiritual <laughs> life of perfection yes. mm-hmm. is upstage. Upstage. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's why they call it you have to upstage people. And when you upstage people, all the way to perfection. All the way to perfection. Okay. Hey Rudy, can you tell me? (laughs) (laughs) What are y'all laughing at? I don't know. (laughs) The disrespect. Is that related to Updog? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's Updog? I have no idea. Not much. (laughs) Hey Rudy, what is the first stage of the spiritual life of perfection, sir? It is uh, what you are doing today, Joe. Yes. You amen. are participating in the purgative way. The purgative way. Sounds made up. Wait, it feels like it We're anyway. Moving all the distractions. The purgative way. The purgative way, you say. All right, Mr. Jude. Uh, Rudy says the first stage of spiritual perfection is the purgative way, whereas Adrian says it's the upstage. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Mr. Jude, what say you? The purgative way. The purgative Let's way. Let's Yes. Duh. Yeah, Duh. praise be. That was easy, Mr. Jude. You, you knew that one, right? Duh. Okay. Well, Mr. Jude, I got good news for you. This next one's super easy. It's hardest question I've ever had. Easiest question we've ever had? Easily the hardest question we've ever had. <laughs> hardly, the, hardly the hardest question. Hardly the easiest question we've ever had. Confirmed. Easily the easiest question? Definitely not. 
It surely is. Here we go. Rudy, Don't call me Shirley. Ru- <laughs> <laughs> it's getting giddy. We haven't even finished the hour yet. <laughs> I mean, like, we have a long way to go here. We got to get it together. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me? Who? What are you laughing at? <laughs> who is the sister of Lazarus and Mary? She was very diligent. Uh huh. She was busy getting everything together, even though yeah. Jesus was literally in the room with uh-huh. her. Yeah. Uh, she's known as the diligent Hava. Wow. <laughs> the what? Diligent Hava. Spelled C H A V A. Hava. 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 She was Jewish after all. Like it's got like a hard ch- Hava. A Hava. That's correct. Wow. The diligent Hava, you Hava. say. Yeah. I don't know. I can make that noise. So diligent, she didn't. She didn't sit next to Jesus. All right, uh, Adrian. Maybe you could help us here. Maybe it's possible. uh, Be the voice of reason, please. Yikes! Who was the sister of Lazarus and Mary? The sister of Lazarus and Mary. Yes, please. Okay. Yes. So when our Lord shows up. Uh-huh. And he's uh, about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. He looks to his left. What? And who does he see? He <laughs> sees know. Mary. He looks to his right. Yeah. And who does he see? Who? Martha. Oh. So it's Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. There Martha. you go. So the answer is Martha. You're sure it's not the Chava? I mean, Chava? it's possible. <laughs> okay. Mr. Jude, the sister of Lazarus and Mary, Adrian says it's Martha, whereas Rudy says it's the diligent Chava. What say you, Mr. Jude? 15 seconds. Martha. <laughs> Let's go. Super. So wise. I, did, I, did I call it? I said super what? easy. I'm pretty sure I, mean, I said it was the that, easiest That sounded pretty hard to me. Uh, Jude, Mr. Jude, what do you say? Easy or hard? Martha. Martha. Martha's the correct answer. You're in. You're in for two, Mr. Jude. Congratulations. All right. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I thank that. I thank you're breaking up. We're sorry to, uh, about that, but thank you for playing our game, Mr. Jude. Thanks for being on again. It's good to see you again. God love you. We're going to put you on hold, but it may be God's holy will that you should win on Friday, so you'll have to tune in for that. But have a great day, Mr. Jude, and all of you, too. Thank you for joining us today, dear listener, for being on with us. We appreciate you being here, being a part of this show, and having a laugh with us and having fun. If you would like to... Join us in the after show. It's a lot of fun. It's very casual, very relaxed. You drive that conversation. You choose what we discuss. You comment, and we we discuss it. You can hang out with us on our website or on one of our live video feeds, all linked on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And once again, thank you all for filling the calendar and making our Linton campaign amazing. God love you. God bless you. Have a great Ash Wednesday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today is Ash Wednesday in the beginning of the Holy Season of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. You are merciful to all, O Lord, and despise nothing that you have made. You overlook people's sins to bring them to repentance, and you spare them, for you are the Lord our God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that we may begin with holy fasting this campaign of Christian service, so that as we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind him a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, proclaim a fast, call an assembly, Gather the people, notify the congregation. Assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom quit his room and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare, O Lord, your people, and make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy in me, God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, 
and of my sin cleanse me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. <clears throat> a reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that other people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance, so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
happy Lent, this holy and wonderful season that our Lord Jesus gives us every year, that extra grace of conversion. And even today on Ash Wednesday is one of the most popular days of the year is because we get a sacramental. You get a blessing in the form of ashes that is a sign, an outward sign, to that you are trying to seek Jesus Christ and trying to, as the gospel uh, showed us, trying to engage in works of penance, but also the gospel's inner intention is to purify our hearts of vanity, of pride, and then make sure our intention is, is right in seeking the face of Jesus Christ. And the wonderful, the, the, the other sign, the aspect of the, the ashes is that it is God who, it is Jesus in his human nature who brings us to repentance because we enter into his penance in the desert. We enter into a kind of Eucharistic desert where we are dried up of our selfishness, where we are dried up of our sin, that Jesus seeks to bring us, draw us, woo us into the desert of his great love. And he does this with three things, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Not because, hey, I like these three things, they're kind of cool. It's their very specific diagnosis of our nature. In Genesis, we were given three gifts by God. We were made in the image and likeness of God, made to love and be loved. We're made male and female, and we have a body, and we were given dominion over all things. These three things are wounded, or the three, the trifold concupiscence, the, the pride of life, arrogance, uh, the, the lust of the flesh, our body is, is wounded, and the pride of the eyes or greed. And so prayer, fasting, almsgiving is specific diagnosis for Jesus. And therefore, a Lenten penance should include one of each of these in some way to guide and, and to correct those things. We pray in a special way. The Holy Father, Pope Francis, has asked the church to pray for peace in the Ukraine, to ask, to implore that God would bring an end to the war and they would grant us peace. But it, we also have to pray for at this time in, for humanity, for a conversion of all humanity back to God. Let us proceed with our distribution of ashes. O God, who desires not the death of sinners, but their conversion, mercifully hear our prayers and in your kindness be pleased to bless these ashes which we intend to receive upon our heads, that we who acknowledge we are but ashes and shall return to dust, may through a steadfast observance of Lent gain pardon for sins, newness of life, after the likeness of your risen Son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Lord, do not requite us according to the sins we have committed or according to our iniquity. Remember your dust Lord, dust remember not our sins of Repent old. Let your compassion come speedily to meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God our Savior, and for the glory of your name deliver us, O Lord, and forgive us our sins, 
for your name's sake. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that in the holy season of Lent may reflect the holiness of the penance of Jesus in the desert. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests, that they may lead the church through this sacred season of penance. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders. We pray for peace in the world and peace in the Ukraine. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all the poor, all the sick, all the suffering, that through the alms of our time, talent, and treasure, we may respond to Jesus in his disguise of human suffering. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us. For we make these and all our holy petitions in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray together. Hail, Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Attende Domine et miserere, quia peccavimus tibi. Ate rexume omnium redemptor, oculus nostros sublevamus trehentes, Exaudi Christe, supplicantum preces. Attende Domine, et miserere, quia peccavimus tibi. Rogamus Deus, tua majestatem, auribus sacris, Gemitus exaudi, crimina nostra placidus indulge. Attende Domine et miserere, quia peccavimus tibi. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. As we solemnly offer the annual sacrifice for the beginning of Lent, we entreat you, O Lord, that through works of penance and charity we may turn away from harmful pleasures and, cleansed of our sins, may become worthy to celebrate devoutly the passion of your Son, 
who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for by your gracious gift each year, your faithful await the sacred Paschal Feast with the joy of minds made pure, so that more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity and participating in the mysteries by which they have been be reborn, they may be led to the fullness of grace that you bestow on your sons and daughters. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven. We sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncheli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, O Sahana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, O Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. 
look we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing a sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your son and filled with his holy spirit may become one body one spirit in christ may he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed virgin mary mother of god blessed joseph her spouse with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing health may this sacrifice of our reconciliation we pray o lord advance the peace and salvation of all the world be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant francis our pope michael our bishop the order of bishops all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you summon before you in your compassion o merciful father gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world remember your servants whom you have called from this world to yourself Grant that they who are united with your Son at a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection, when from the earth he will raise up in the flesh those who have died, and transform our lowly body after the pattern of his own glorious body. To our departed brothers and sisters too, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, when you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. For seeing you, our God as you are, we shall be like you for all the ages and praise you without end. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Proceptis salutaribus moniti, et divini institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, 
Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. He who ponders the law of the Lord day and night will yield fruit in due season. An, an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Soul of my Savior, sanctify my breast. Body of Jesus, be my saving guest. Blood of my Savior, bathe me in thy tide. Wash me, ye waters, gushing from his side. Strength and protection, may his passion be. O blessed Jesus, hear and answer me. Deep in thy wounds, Lord, hide and shelter me. So shall I never, never part from thee. Guard and defend me from the foe malign. In life's last moments make me only thine. Call me and bid me come to thee on high, when may may praise thee with thy saints for I. Let us pray. Pour out a spirit of compunction, O God, on those who bow before your majesty, and by your mercy may they merit the rewards you promise to those who do penance through Christ our Lord. Amen. After in Lent there's prayers after the people. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
May the sacrament we have received sustain us, O Lord, that our Lenten fast may be pleasing to you and be for us a healing remedy through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. The glory of these forty days we celebrate with The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.